After being confined to the house for too long, Josh and Maria scoured the internet to alleviate their boredom. In doing so, they have created the ultimate innovation to the fan fiction experience. Fan Friction. Rate and review, please be nice. First podcast, rated M, just in case. All OCs, disclaimer, we own nothing. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fan Friction. Here we read fan fictions in ridiculous and off-the-wall ways. My name's Maria. And my name is Josh. And we are here to fuck, fuck shit up. up. Understand, 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 yeah. understand, understand the concept, concept of love. love. By that, you could probably guess that we're doing some uh, Jet Set Radio fan fictions today. And if you can't tell, that means you've never played Jet Set Radio or Jet Set Future or Jet Grind Radio. And shame on you. Shame. 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 And fun fact, uh, Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Radio, same game, different uh, consoles. Uh, Jet Grind Radio was released on uh, Dreamcast, while Jet Set Radio, the original one in Japan, was released on, uh, I believe it was, fuck, I don't remember, PlayStation. There it is. Found it. Uh, but it was released. I just found this out because I, I was wondering how old I am. And uh, the first Jet Set Radio or Jet Grind Radio was released in uh, June of 2000. Wow. Yep. And Jet Set Radio Future was released uh, two years after that in February of 2002. So that's how old we are, in case you were wondering. <laughs> I just love that way back in June of 2000, still nobody liked the Dreamcast. <laughs> And still in uh, February of 2002, nobody liked the cops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone's ever really liked the cops. Except I think they for made the that cops. Up. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> uh, we got some stories to get through here, but we could not get into uh, Jet Set Radio without the, the Hat, Hat of, of Wonders. Wonders. So I am going to go first this time, even though Marie is excited, but she's so excited she's dancing with just her hands. So I can pick from the hat. All right. Um, I got like you're mocking your little sibling. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, mom, it hurts. Mom, I want chocolate. You should probably make it a little bit more audible like a little bit easier to understand <laughs> nope people don't tune into this uh ra- this podcast for intelligent or intelligibility or anyway what'd you get those things um i got gender swap character voices Ooh, that let should just, be fun let me just double check and make sure that i actually have dialogue in my story because i know it was pretty description heavy oh yeah no we can totally do this yeah, so I'm gender swapping voices today. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Have fun with that. I mean, all the characters in this one particularly are male, so it should be pretty easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that should be fun. Um, well, I am uh, going to kick us off then. 
if you don't mind. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to let you decide which one of my stories you want to hear, though, uh, in my mocking voice. Uh, So I have two here. Uh, One is about a music producer, a a musician in this universe who was heavily affected by the noise ordinance in Jet Set Radio. He's one of the people that makes the music that the Rudys listen to. And he had, like, all of a sudden all this music gets shut down. The government doesn't like it anymore. So he had to find something else to do with his life and a new way of existing. So I have that story. And then I also have another one where, um, and this is deep cuts for all of you who've played this game, Yo-Yo is pregnant with Beat's baby. Wait. But, 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 Yo-Yo's a dude. Yes, he is. And okay. he is a dude in this story as well. Oh, we're doing some M-Preg today. Okay. Yeah. Serious M-Preg going so, on. I, I feel like... No offense. No offense to anybody. You're allowed to, you know, do whatever you do and fantasize whatever you fantasize. But in my world, that it is outlandish. So I think we should make it more outlandish with a funny mocking voice. Yeah, you think it should be more obnoxious and stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know if I'm prepared for this. I think I think it is just deep cuts because I know the game. Like it wouldn't be deep cuts otherwise, I don't think. <laughs> it's this is, yeah, this is a lot. Let me skip. Oh man, I lost my chapter. Cause there's a really fun chapter in here I found. Um, while I'm getting to this, uh, just heads up for anyone who has not played this game. This game takes place uh, in a kind of futuristic esque Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Tokyo a bunch to. of kids. Tokyo to. Uh, it's a bunch of kids on rollerblades, uh, spray painting stuff. So if you've ever seen uh, pictures of like the awesome graffiti art in Shibuya, that's kind of what this is: kids roller skating and painting awesome graffiti art, and getting chased by the cops a lot. A lot, because the cops have outlawed everything that's fun. Because <laughs> that's what cops do. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm going to jump in here. Uh, just a little bit of setup. Um, Yo-Yo is now five months pregnant in this story. Uh, he found out when he was about four months pregnant. He was having morning sickness, eventually went to the doctor, uh, found out he ha- he's pregnant. So, like, any regular dude would just be, like, any uh, when I say regular dude, I just mean, like, person in the normal world would just be, like, oh, I have the flu and I'm getting fat. <laughs> well, it wasn't really Yo-Yo's decision to go to the doctor. I think Corn uh, like dragged him to the doctor because he was like, he'd been like throwing up like for like five days straight, like in the morning or whatever. It's like, dude, something's wrong with you. I'm taking you to the doctor. Mm. So he went to the doctor, found out he's pregnant. It's apparently he's been sleeping with Beats, so it has to be Beats kid. Um, they had a whole gender reveal party. Uh, it's a boy. Oh, they, did they light the city on fire? They did Is not. Tokyo on fire now? No, because Japanese people are better than us. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. So uh, they're naming the baby Crow. It's a boy. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. That's a bird. That's a bird. And apparently Yo-Yo's former lover. That's according uncomfortable to the story. for Beat, but okay. Uh, Beat, Beat suggested it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is only getting more weird. I'm excited and also terrified. All right. And so we jump into this new little section here, uh, chapter four. 
Um, they were having a flag battle. Uh, the the GGs, that's the gang that beat in Yo-Yo and Corn mm-hmm. and all them are a part of, were having a flag battle against the Love Shockers, and the Love Shockers lost, so they wanted to get revenge. Here we go. Like, I'm mocking my little sibling. Ah, Mei Ling, leader of the Love Shockers, yelled in anger, skating around the hideout ever since the death ball game was interrupted and losing to gum of the GGs. Things weren't going their way. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, she cursed over and over again. Lung Fung sighed as she placed her hand on her shoulder and cool your jets, big sis. Getting angry won't help. (laughs) She told her and she calmed herself. I've had enough of this. Those GGs are gonna pay. She thought, but one question remained. How? Oh, God. You are what I imagine the kind of annoying bitch that I was to my little brother. (laughs) It was then she remembered something. One of their members was having a baby. Girls, I think I've got just the plan to repay the GGs. We take Yo-Yo hostage. Well, that's not cool at all. (laughs) What is happening? There's a dude who's pregnant by another dude who is naming his baby after his ex. And now the, the, the rival gang is taking him hostage for revenge. Yeah, pretty much. Because they lost um, a death ball battle to uh, gum. Then take gum hostage. <laughs> what is that? Oh my gosh. This is not okay. Don't kidnap pregnant people. But sis, he's with child, Sun Lin said as Mei Ling smirked as she said. That was a lot of weird phrasing. (laughs) Sun Lin said as Mei Ling smirked as she said. Yep. Snaps for you. Meaning the kid won't be able to fight back in his current condition. Girls, bring him over now. Asterisk. Later, Asterisk. Yo-Yo stood in the cage with his arms crossed over his seven-month belly as he said, You three had some nerve taking me here. Yo, if I had my skates... Uh, side note, um... Yo-Yo cannot skate right now because apparently pregnant people are not allowed to skate. That's what the doctor I said. <laughs> I I feel like I've never seen that, but also I rarely see people roller skating nowadays, so... Fair. Um, I, I imagine it would suck like when the water weight starts to build and like your feet start to swell, like you'd have to get new skates. Well, I would also assume that you throws your balance off. And if you were to fall onto your stomach, that would be all bad. All bad. So, okay, I'm with the doctor. He's a cool dude. Yeah. I'm about it. Yo, if I had my skates, as the love shockers laughed, Sun Lin said, 
Now, Yo-Yo, in your current condition, me and my sisters know you can't do anything. <laughs> what, what do you plan to do to us? He asked while placing his hand over his belly with worry. Lun Fung told him, Calm down, we won't hurt you or the baby. We're not monsters. Even though you just kidnapped a pregnant man and put him in a cage? <laughs> Oh, he's in a cage? Yeah, he's in a cage. That's not okay. What are you doing? Mei Ling then said, We're keeping you here as a way to pay the GG's back. Suddenly, Beat broke the door to Love Shocker's hideout. Yo, yo! Beat shouted as he rushed to, <laughs> as he rushed to him. It's like every single like romantic drama I've ever seen. There's a huge compilation, by the way. If you've never seen it, go to YouTube and find the compilation of how many times Jack and Rose from Titanic say each other's names throughout the movie. I think it counts to a total of 87 times. That is too many times. We all know their names. Holy shit. Stop it. Romantic dramas. I honestly always forget Jack's name because I've never seen Titanic. (laughs) And Josh is done. (laughs) Yo, yo! Beat shouted as he rushed to him as he kicked the cage bars. Beat! The pair hugged as Beat skated over in a complete and utter rage. Oh! The love shockers backed up and hugged each other. After a huge beating, they made mental note to never anger Beat. And scene. <laughs> picturing like because beat in the in the game at least in the first one because i only played the first one i never had the second one and i'm very sad about it but at least in that game he was really small and scrawny and like yeah he couldn't beat up three love shockers which if you if you guys have never played the game the love shockers are like really tall slender but punk ass bitches who like will beat your ass with five cigarettes in their mouth. Like that's They're just how pretty they awesome. So yeah, no, that's <laughs> And how did he ki- how did he kick the bars in? Just like Hulk smash with my roller skate? I mean, it's amazing what you can do when your husband who is pregnant with your baby are in danger. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> well, that was something. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else to say about that. I think, uh, I think I've said it all. I think the story said enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what I have for you today, essentially we're following the story of Beat and his leadership with the GGs, and how in the beginning of the story, Yo-Yo ends up getting shot while running away from the police captain, who they affectionately call Fat Bastard. Because he is. Because he is. And he gets shot. He gets taken away. And they're really sad that they're probably never going to see him again. They think he's in jail. But it's actually a a kind of rehabilitation program for the Rudies, which are the people who are spray painting everything. And it's to get them back into school. So they end up going to school and it's a really weird transition for them. And then uh, 
we're now at the part of the story that I'm going to read where Beat, now that he's 18, has decided that he can't be a Rudy anymore. He has to go get a real job. He has to reintegrate into society. How dare you, Beat? So he, they're having a going away party for him. And it's kind of a going away party for Gum and Tab, too, because I think that they are also leaving. Uh, but uh, Professor K, the DJ. DJ up, Professor K. He ends up showing up to the party. So I am gender swapping character voices. I'm trying to figure out what kind of girl voice I want to give Professor K. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> You've been brushing those teeth. I hear that's important. Beat shrugged as Professor K, in his black skin and even blacker dreadlocks, gestured wildly into the garage. <laughs> that sentence was a real struggle for reasons. Nice place, but it isn't why I'm here. So now they came to the part where they figured out why he was here. It was something he wanted to figure out, of course. Why DJ Professor K there? It spiked his curiosity. That was a weird sentence. <laughs> you aren't the first Rudy to quit. Once you turn 18, well, it gets tough. It sure <laughs> does, DJ Professor K. It sure <laughs> does. The professor smiled, and his teeth were pearly white. Beat's heartbreaker smile was also white, and Yo-Yo's slasher smile equally so, but still. Wait, slasher smile? Yeah, slasher smile. He does have that like weird kind of like, you know, just big smile that takes up half his face, like a Jack Skellington kind of smile. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's kind of how they described it. Anyway. But still, those pearly whites... He guessed that when the professor told the boys and girls to brush those teeth, he wasn't kidding. The professor came in closer to the boy who stood there speechless, a smile across his face, the whites on his teeth almost blinding him. And uh, this is the part where I'm going to skip over because it's a little irrelevant. But And basically, it's a going away party. Tab ends up getting drunk and puking on everything and then tells everyone how much he loves them. Yep, like a drunk person. And then Gum reveals that she only became book smart in school because Beat said that she needed to be more rational. Wow. So there we go. And apparently is very emotionally affected by it. So after all that happens, I'm trying to figure out what kind of voice I'm going to give Beat now. Professor K. Smile that Beat. Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. That was... They're putting quotes around Professor K, and it's making me un, un just confused. Confused. There's the word. Yes, I'm so confused. I don't know the word for confused. Okay. Confuzzled. Professor K smiled at Beat as he approached the professor. Sorry about that. It was a mess, but it did bring up some stuff. Hey, there's one thing I always wanted to ask. How come you always know what's going on? <laughs> G-S-R Jet Set Radio <laughs> Now, now The professor showed his pearly whites Shaking a finger Where's the fun in knowing? Really? Not gonna say? They scrap all my pirate radio 
scramble their radio waves. As I said, good to keep their dirt. Good to keep their dirt. That's a phrase that makes some sense somewhere. To someone. I swear this story was good. I think they just got caught up writing an ending really quickly. Beats smiled. That was gold. Yes, it was. <laughs> Do you need anything, Professor? <laughs> that was very suggestive. <laughs> oh, I was just going to offer you a job. There's this old record shop. Nobody buys records anymore. It's mostly for hipsters and roadies who own boom boxes like you. But, you know, it's all digital now. Do you want the job? Help a fellow roadie out. I just want to point out here that he just said nobody buys records anymore and then said, do you want to work at a record shop? Just saying. Yeah. Well, he said hipsters and roadies do. <laughs> Beat whistled. No way he was going to refuse a job. Of course. I don't care if the pay is awful. It's a job. It was a promise. A promise for a better future. This is not a better future, Beat. <laughs> Professor K smiled. I always liked you, the GGs. You kids had drive. It'll be interesting to see what the next gen brings to the table. Beat smiled, though it was a sad smile. He'd miss this all, the tagging, the defying authority, everything it brought. At least it's yo-yo. Let's see how it goes. I taught him some tricks, but we'll see. Professor K brought him to the window. The view as unusual, or as usual, was shit. <laughs> and half the lights were broken. In fact, the tags that here hadn't even been bothered to be cleaned. You know, you left your mark. That's what matters. You'll always be remembered. The original Gigi. The end of an era. Your Professor K voice is like some kind of fucked up Muppet, Muppet like huffing helium. <laughs> <laughs> Wanna do the honors? What? Really? You want me to broadcast my last goodbyes? Sure! Why not? The van is on the street. We'll do it tomorrow. Not much of a party right now, thanks to your friends. Um, confession. But you can do it when I treat your job papers. <laughs> what is... Anyway, keep going. Beat glanced around. In fact, the party had stopped. Tab was on the floor, Gum was staring at the wall, all pink and bothered, and he knew she must be fighting her feelings. Yo-Yo was just laughing. At least someone was having a good time. Thanks, Professor. You're really cool. I know! <laughs> <laughs> and scene. That's Elmo's world. Quit huffing helium. Never! That, uh, that was just disturbing. All I could see was like a weird Muppet. <laughs> no, just picture like Professor K and like his big booming dreads just bouncing to the beat and just, yep. hello! <laughs>
And that's enough of that now. Alrighty then. I, I wanted to go the exact opposite of everybody's personality, and I think I did a good job. Beat being a Southern Belle and Professor K being a Muppet. I can totally see Beat like being a witness to a major crime, going into witness protection, ending up in the American South as a Southern Belle. I think he'd do well. No. No, he wouldn't. He'd have his skates in the closet somewhere, like as a constant draw to his old life. He might get caught. Like <laughs> He hides his headphones under a gigantic wig. He's got a bonnet. <laughs> He's got a bonnet. Beat in the bonnet. <laughs> oh, no. Bonnet and the beat. Okay, do you have another one for I us? I do. I have one more. <laughs> Please save us. I'm going to try. This one I actually really did enjoy. Um, it's kind of heartwarming. Because, um, again, as I mentioned, uh, this is about a one of the music artists in Tokyo Toe who got shut down by the noise ordinance because uh, all the kids were listening to too much hip-hop and breakbeat and techno. So shut that shit down. So um, he did some odd jobs, was trying to get around uh, a normal life for a while, and he was like listening to his radio, and he had just dug his music stuff out of the closet because he was feeling nostalgic. He knew he couldn't let anyone hear him or else the cops would come, but he like dug out his keyboard and stuff, and he was playing with his radio, and he discovers DJ Professor K's pirate radio station, Jet Set Radio, and he decides to submit some music. Yeah! Keep the art alive. Um, so we're going to jump in here to chapter three. Um, he submitted some music, even though he wasn't sure if this was real or not, or like a trap by the cops. But he submitted some music. Um, DJ Professor K shouted out his name. He's like, hey, here's a name y'all haven't heard in a while because he's been shut down. But he got some new tracks out. So all the kids are talking about his music now. Uh, and he's making more music for Jet Set Radio. And apparently, uh, DJ Professor K pays really well for the artists. Like, he put in a couple songs, and he's got, like, more than enough for bills and shit, so. Hey, <laughs> DJ Professor K, hit me up. Bo show. All right, we're going to jump in here. Teens ran wild when they heard Hide Naga P on the radio again. Though it was just one song, they, they hollered. <laughs> they didn't tell their parents what for and would sneak their headphones out and listen. Their favorite musicians came back with a vengeance. They raved about it to one another through notes at school. A month went, rolled by, and since or a month rolled by, and the first song that Hyde sent in was still a hit. When he walked down the street, he would hear the high schoolers still talking about it. Wait, is this the Hyde, like the Hyde from Japan? No, this is Hyde Naga hyphen P. Oh, okay. This is not Hyde. It's spelled with an I, not a Y. Oh, okay. Because in case you guys don't know, for our our listeners, uh, we just found out that there's this really famous artist from Japan called Hyde, and he's like super famous. Like you can get a credit card with his face on it. Famous. That's an, that's pretty famous. Yeah. So, but like nobody in the U.S. knows him. So I was curious because we're in Tokyo, Tokyo. <laughs> A thing about Hyde Naga P was, no one knew who he looked like. People suspected he was a college-age student or a dropout that turned to making music. All they knew was this. He resided in Tokyo, and he made music. 
that was it. Though it didn't really matter to them, they liked the mystery. The only people who knew what he looked like were the police. And they weren't going to show his face unless he was caught breaking the law. During the month, Hyde Naga had composed two drafts of music and was in the process of recording it. His balcony door was open to allow cool air in, and he could hear kids chanting as they headed home from school. I'm trying to get to sleep! (laughs) He laughed at it. To the police, they were yelling nonsense about sleeping. For all they knew, these kids were taunting an elderly person for yelling at them. Hyde finished recording and listened to it over, cringing at notes that sounded off and shaking his head to approve of the line of music. Rhythm off at line 10, he scribbled quickly. This song took around two weeks to finish. He was happy with the finished product, proud to be back in the music-making industry. Something was brewing in the communities of Shibuya, Kogane, and Bentencho. Kids were banding together, forming gangs. Altogether, they called themselves the Rudies. Though the main gangs are known as Love Shockers, who reside in Shibuya-cho, Noise Tanks, taking land in Benton-cho, and Poison Jam in Kogane-cho, they gathered spray cans and started to graffiti vandalize buildings, cars, and homes. Subway trains were not safe from their reign of artistic terror. The only thing that these gangs non-verbally agreed on was to never spray paint the statue that presents a dog waiting patiently outside of the train station. Instead, the gangs left flowers for the statue. Aww. Pretty doggy. Doggy. The love shockers consist of girls whose partner dumped them or cheated on them. Out for revenge, they formed this group to vandalize their property and getting them in trouble with their parents. Noise tanks take on a more of a robotic look, making them known as the double-take group due to people having to look at them twice. And Poison Jam were horror and slasher junkies who were hell-bent on becoming slasher monsters themselves. The police became rather busy with trying to chase and arrest the Rudies. Captain Onishima was rubbing his temples, getting a migraine from all the calls of disrespectful kids vandalizing cars, buses, the walls of the subway lines, apartment buildings and intricate designs crawling up the walls. For now, the gangs were just having turf wars with their graffiti art. Those damn kids, those damn kids, was all Onamisha could mumble, cleaning his revolver. And scene. Damn. Yeah, that dude was an asshole. He always had a revolver and would shoot you in the friggin' head. Also, was this the artist that's in your story? Is that how it's spelled? Uh, I'm on Spotify right now. not spelled quite like that. I think the name was modeled after that, though. Oh, okay. Because the actual... uh, uh, They're in the top line somewhere. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So the actual artist that does, I'd say, most of your favorite Jet Set Radio hits is named... Josh, you could probably say that name a lot better than I can. Uh... I don't know, Hideki Naganuma? Yeah. That's what I would assume. Hideki Naminuma. Naminuma. But yeah, so like Numa all of your... Numa, 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 Not that song, but, you know, stuff and things. I thought that was fun. But that is really heartwarming, and it really brought me back, and it makes me want to play the game again. I want to play it so bad. And if you also want to play Jet Set Radio for the first time or for the millionth, you can go on Steam and uh, get it for $8. The original what? Jet Yeah, the Why original. Why haven't we done 
this? Because we just looked it up. Oh, okay. Well, that <laughs> makes sense. It's on Steam. $8. You can play the original Jet Set Radio. Oh, my God. Future is better. Well. But they don't have that on Steam. Oh. Well, we should get that. We should. So, um, we're going to leave now. Uh, <laughs> but first, we have to actually uh, pick a theme for next week. The theme of wonders. No, no, that's not right. You can't mess with the format like that, bruh. No? no? No. No theme of wonders? No theme of wonders. I don't even remember. We actually we actually picked one ahead of time. We did. I don't remember either. Damn I it. I don't remember what we picked. Oh, it was uh, emo bands. Emo bands. Yeah, yeah, Josh just didn't want to remember that. 2000s <laughs> pop punk powerhouses and the fan fiction about them. I personally wanted to do this one because somewhere on one of my mom's old computers is a fan fiction that I wrote about the All-American Rejects. Boo. I have no idea. Shut up. I have no idea where it is, so that that's not what I'm going to be reading. But it just reminded me of that and how much fun I had writing it and how terrible it was. So, yeah. It's going to be kind of like your uh, Bioshock one that we did on the Compass Rose, because that was about um, Patrick Stump and Brendan Urie. It was. Yes. So this should be interesting and fun and good. So. And good. So. All right. I think that's about it, y'all. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. And if you uh, haven't yet, make sure you hit us up on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Let us know if there's anything you want to hear or any voices you want to hear us do. Yes. Do all of those things. And also share this with your friends. If you guys have friends. We don't. So <laughs> we, we, we don't. can't share it. But share. Share our podcast with your friends. Laugh about it together. Make fun of us. I don't care. I guarantee you this show is way better after two shots. Yes. Do several shots. And then do your own game of fan friction. Have your own hat of wonders. Tell us how that goes. Probably just as horribly as how it goes over here. <laughs> and on that note, guys, as always, there is good fiction. And there's bad fiction. But there's nothing quite like fan, fan friction. friction. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.